Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, a watched Dragon Quest 3 never boils. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including new stuff already coming to F-099. And then on Thursday, we're asking the question, yeah, but what if Tears of the Kingdom did get DLC? But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. How are you, Patrick? Uh, I, I am, uh, I'm a little tired. I was out of town this last weekend, uh-huh. uh, and you know, just like came right back in hitting the ground running and I'm like, here we go. Let's keep going. Mark, do you realize it's almost October already? It is too crazy. I know that we're getting close to Halloween Yes, because, uh, every year the neighbor across the street from me makes an elaborate Halloween display. Yeah. Basically my neighborhood goes nuts for Halloween. Christmas. Yes. We're, everybody's pretty, uh, yeah. you know, like uh, middling on. No one's the Griswolds here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. But Halloween. Someone's the Griswolds. People go nuts. <laughs> so, I, I feel like the unofficial sign for the neighborhood that, hey, let's put out our Halloween stuff is uh, uh, my across the street neighbor starts building at the beginning of September yes. his like grand display for the year. And then as soon as that happens, people are putting up like projections outside their house right pumpkins pumpkins uh-huh. uh it's all happening well and so. the mayor of your neighborhood is jack skellington yes correct? that's yeah. right that okay. is correct uh-huh. um famously not the mayor there's a separate mayor character in that movie <laughs> uh, why did i pick mayor what well, is he what is jack what does he have we, a, a role he's, he's the just, uh, he's the pumpkin, the pumpkin king. king i guess he's the but i mean to your to, like to your credit we don't know what happens after the movie maybe the mayor gets like deposed, sure, and or just loses an election. <laughs> and Jack, is that, yeah, that is possible, <laughs> or impeached. Impeached. There we right. go. It's a little bit more of like a a civilized way of of deposing someone. Mark, the other way that we can tell that it's uh, October and that like we are nearing the end of the year is that we have hit the time of year where I drive over to your place for our record at seven o'clock, uh-huh. and I did not have to put sunglasses on. Oh, wow. The sun was already low enough in the sky there beyond the horizon that uh, that's it. We're losing daylight. A changing of the seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm already anticipating like a turn, ton of, turn, oh yeah, here we go, of seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, we can all look forward to being sad. Speaking <laughs> of being sad, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society, where we are seldom sad. We are usually having a great time. Um, if you uh, would like to support us at the 8-bit or 16-bit levels, you get access to our once-a-month episodes of miniseries that we do. We have done uh, a series on detective shows. We are currently making our way through NCS Goes Broadway. Um, we just talked about Les Miserables. We are about to talk about The Music Man. And uh, guess what? They're all great ups. Yep. And uh, we are going to, in short order, mm-hmm. be setting up a poll to vote on what the next mini series will be. And if you're a member of the Patreon at any level, yes. you can vote in that poll and help determine the fate of the show. What do we talk about next time? Also, mm-hmm. whether you support us on Patreon or are just a listener, you can join our Discord. 
Yes, uh, email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, and we will send you an invitation to that Discord. And look, no, look if you're listening to the show, you are not just a listener. I know Mark said that. He didn't mean it. <laughs> he didn't mean it, Mark. It's true. I didn't mean it. Um, but, you know, we have to put people into different buckets, those who listen and those who don't just listen. Uh, no, we appreciate everyone for whatever level of support uh, you ha- have for the show. Even if you are just listening to it up to this point and you turn it off after this, I guess like give us a, a, a little bit more of a chance, but uh, we appreciate it regardless. Here is something else you can do. Mark, we have another call to action, and this one's a quick turnaround. We are coming up on, and I don't know if you can believe this, our 700th episode of this show. Wild. 700 episodes. So we have decided to rank our hobby horses. Mark, what's a hobby horse? It's like uh, the characters or things from Nintendo games that we tend to go back to. Yes. It tends to be our pet projects. That's right. Stanley the Bugman. Star Tropics. These are two great examples of things you and I just cannot let go of. Uh-huh. Things from the Nintendo universe that we love and people who don't listen to this show probably don't know about. Um, so if uh, we are going to be ranking those, but we need your help uh, to point out what our hobby horses are. We think we have an idea, but we know that you're clocking some that we are not noticing. You never see, you know, it's like... Uh, Start with the man in the mirror. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, um, yeah. So, yes, uh, help us out. Uh, so either email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com or uh, go to the Discord and drop it in the uh, latest episode discussion and let us know what our hobby horses are. And if you have like any other observations about those hobby horses that would either... Uh, make them rank high or rank low or whatever. Uh, We want your input on this. It's going to be a huge task and we need your help. We also have a couple of debugs to get through. Couple of debugs. So when I, ooh, I'm already forgetting what it's called. But last week during the Nintendo Direct, there Uh was new remakes of a DS and Wii point and click adventure game. Yes. It's like Hotel Dusk Room 20 something. No. So, okay. (laughs) Hotel Dusk yes. is a game from the same developers as this oh boy. Uh, series that was announced that for some reason I'm blanking on. Yes, you are right. Uh, Sing is the uh, developer. Hold on. We're getting there. Uh, we're yeah, getting yeah. there. Okay. Uh, is it... Hmm. <laughs> oh, it's Another Code. Another Code. There we That's go. That's it. All right. So Another Code remakes were announced. And at this time, we were talking about Sing, the developer... And they also developed a game called Hotel Dusk, which was another point-and-click adventure game on the Nintendo DS. And at the time, I said, I think I thought that Hotel Dusk was part of the Jake Hunter series. Jake Hunter is a long-running point-and-click adventure game in uh, Japan that also had one game published outside of North or outside of Japan in North America on the Nintendo DS. But that one is Jake Hunter, Detective Chronicles, and it is Hotel Dusk is not a part of that city, series. It's right. just its own game. But the protagonist of Hotel Dusk is named Kyle Hyde. Yes. Which is very close to being Jake Hunter, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. They're basically they're, they're, basically, they're the same name. Yep. Um, and then another debug uh, we got uh, in, in the Discord um, from Stas. Stas writes, uh, I don't come here often, so sorry if this came up already, but I can't keep quiet anymore. At Patrick, are you aware that you only need to upgrade armor to two stars to get the bonus effect? 
This is referring, of course, to Tears of the Kingdom when I was like, I need to up fully upgrade my dive suit so I can, my uh, yeah, the dive armor, um, so I can just slam as fast as I can in, into the ground uh, and um, not take any damage. Uh, and hey, I did not know that. I, I Instead, I went and upgraded it all the way, uh, which I still think is the right choice, right? To upgrade all the way? Yeah, absolutely. You're not an armor upgrader. I don't know why I'm <laughs> seeking validation from you on this one. Yeah. Um, but don't worry. It happens to the best of us. Do you remember when I, for the life of me, could not figure out how to trigger Happy Home Paradise in yeah. Animal Crossing New Horizons? Right. And it turns out you have to download the DLC. That was the big yeah, trick that I couldn't figure <laughs> out. You had, to, so. you had to actually up, up, uh, procure the content yeah. first. So it happens to the best of us. Uh, but also, I achieved that goal anyway, even though it meant I had to kill a bunch of Gleox. So... Um, thank you, Sass, for the, uh, for, for the update there. I feel like I had them upgraded, tried it, and it didn't work. Um, and then I was like, all right, I'm just going to finish upgrading all the way. But obviously, that's not true. Uh, all right. Uh, those are debugs. Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Let's start with the uh, like game du jour, right? The uh, F-099 dropped as uh, concurrently with the Nintendo Direct last week. It is free to Nintendo Switch online subscribers um, and is a lot of fun. Mark, we have both been playing it. Yeah, I do think it's a lot of fun. I think any of these 99 games, mm -hmm. no matter how good they are, I feel like they let's just say it, are never going to measure up to Tetris 90. <laughs> no, okay, and, yes. and I don't mean that yes. in like, uh, like, it's just really hard. Like in you, a you let's start, identify our hobby horses kind of way. <laughs> you start F099. Uh -huh. Yes. And you have to go through a multi-step tutorial before it you It eases you in, yes. And it makes sense because the, uh, the thing that makes Tetris 99 so attractive is that everybody knows how to play Tetris. Mm -hmm. You don't have to explain the mechanics of Tetris, but F-099, they have to step you in. They do a good job mm -hmm. of stepping you in and making you like comfortable before you are kind of like let loose into the competition. But I feel like that's just, it's an impossible standard yeah. to make a game as like instantly playable and understandable as Tetris 99. What? Like, I do think that there are some of the other 99s have gotten close, right? Like Pac-Man 99 in particular, everyone knows how to play Pac-Man. But it's kind of the, like, the way that you deal damage to other people in Pac-Man and the way that you, like, resist damage being done to you, that's not intuitive. Whereas, like, clear lines as fast as you can in Tetris... That makes sense. Yeah. You know, like back when you were playing uh, Game Boy Tetris against your friend through the link cable, like you were doing that same thing. It was one on one instead of one on 98. But like the same principle is there. Yeah. And we were and I, I'm just saying all the like all the negatives, I guess, all the critiques yeah. up front. Yeah. Here so are all I the really, caveats. I, I really am having a lot of fun with it. But with. When I get into the top 40, let's say, yeah, that's uh, a huge accomplishment. Hey, sometimes if I finish the race, I'm happy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because it's like super chaotic, but I feel less in control in this than I do in Tetris 99. Yeah, I, I do too. And I know that it is because I am less good at F-Zero than I am at Tetris. Um, but it's also... But for that same reason, and I think just like the natures of the of both those games, uh, F-099 is much 
funnier it than is, Tetris 99. Yeah, definitely. I, every time the race starts and it does this, because it starts like all the characters off on this like huge like launch pad, right? Where like you have a little bit of track that you have to go before it like puts you onto the main track just because there's no other way to start a hundred racers all at the same time. <laughs> and it's funny every time. I, I think it's such a smart solution. Like yes. it is really fun. Uh, everybody... Like lined up, ready to go, yep, knowing that you're file. all yep. knowing that you're all funneling yes. into a single lane. Also, uh, it's just so chaotic in that it is fun yes, in that in the way that it's just like you know, like stuff is happening, people are exploding. Yep. Um, you you're doing this little like spin move to like knock people out. <laughs> yeah. Um, are, are do, do you find yourself like using the attacks very much? No, like but, the, the side swiping and the spinning around. No, to, like, but people but I, I I feel like I'm spending most of my time either like focused on trying to collect the gold orbs yeah, yeah, yeah. or just not die. Right. There's a lot of just like white knuckle in it here and just like <laughs> open for the best. Um. Yeah. I mean that that's been my experience too. Um. I'm also like it is important for me to remember as I'm uh, starting a starting to get into a game like this that it took me a long time to get a Tetris Maximus, right? Um, and so finishing in the top 40 of a race, like, pretty good. And at lower levels, the game does, like, give you experience points and, like, all that kind of stuff to start collecting, like, decals for your for your cart. Um, cart? What are they? Uh, they're, they're not carts. They're, uh, what are they? Race Flying cars? F-Zero cars? I don't know. Um, and, you know, the... Yeah, it's, so it's the, there. There are customization options and stuff like that, um, and I'm excited to like spend a little bit more time digging into it. I have not done a ton in the game yet. Yeah, I think what I am looking forward to understanding because you're right. When you know Tetris 99, there was a lot of in the beginning, like you know, there's the different targeting options and yeah. how do you use those and which one do you want to use? Just and set like to all, chaos. All, Just set to chaos. It's that. the only, that gets you the fastest knockouts and you get badges that way and then your lines <laughs> do more damage. Just go straight to chaos. Um, and so I feel like uh, what I am struggling with is like, I understand how somebody can be really good at Tetris. I don't understand how somebody can be really good at F-099. And <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to that sort of like metagame emerging sure, sure. so that there are at least some like um uh strategies for a simpleton like me to be able to you know try to implement in their game i mean here's the thing with uh f0 is that the series is like notoriously hard right like uh the every entry in the game uh, like gets to a point where it's just like yeah some of these challenges you probably won't ever be able to to beat like the uh the second GBA one is like has a reputation for being like, oh yeah, no one can actually unlock everything here. Um, and that's always been my impression of even the original F Zero that like I get it in that I like fundamentally like understand how to move the cart around and like how to uh, be faster around turns and all that kind of stuff. But like it just requires a level of precision that like I'm never gonna get. There's something incredibly pleasing to yes. me though about seeing the original F-Zero, like, graphics and all of that, Let's like, talk about presented it. Yes. with, like, 99 people on the track. Well, so, A, that, but B, the fact that it is, like, 
faking mode seven graphics, right? Cause it's just all mode seven actually was, was taking a single polygon with like a pixel painting on it and like tilting it. Right. And then like moving that around the cart to simulate uh, the cart moving around it. Uh, and I keep calling them carts and I'm sorry, that's just what it's going to be. Um, and obviously that's not what they're doing here, but like that, 8-bit being moved around a polygon like is still what's happening but it is like a full-throated nintendo switch game utilizing the power of modern video game computing hardware um so like it looks great yeah it's really fun the whole presentation of it is mm -hmm. really fun i think it will be really fun to drop in on i'm curious if i know they have grand prix events mm -hmm. but i'm curious if they will be some have you messed around with any of those I, I haven't yet um they're they're fun uh i i did two of them the first one i failed out of before finishing the uh the three tracks um and then the second one i like did okay but like it, it it's 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 like cool and fun i also like um the at least on the first day there was, you know, like the regular 99, and then there was a different one where you could, like, you voted on which track you wanted yeah, to do beforehand. Yeah, yeah, That was a cool mechanic. Uh, so it's nice that there's, like, multiple tracks in there. Um, I think the having the, like, track above that you can yeah. get up is, like, yep. a, a bonus when you collect enough gold orbs is Very really cool. fun. Mm -hmm. um, but I, how I imagine me playing f099 in the future is i hope that they do something that's kind of like similar to a maximus cup some sort of like event, event. get me back that yeah. exactly because you know i don't play tetris 99 regularly but when there's a maximus cup then i will go you in and play for in, a little yeah. bit and i would would be interested to see if they have something like that planned for f099 uh so to date there are just the four carts in in the <laughs> to keep doing it um in the game right that you can just play the four that are in uh, the original f0 but there's a huge like stable of cars and drivers and stuff in the f0 franchise they could introduce new cars and new drivers right right so that's cool yeah yeah, I mean, it's uh it was a fun surprise and the execution of it I think is similarly a lot of fun. Uh I will agree it's very uh it, and you know, for being just a uh another thing that comes with the Nintendo Switch online uh is uh good by me. I feel like I'm getting value from that thing. Yeah, totally. Um all right, then we both have been playing other and one other game each this week. Would you like to tell me about Sea of Stars or do you want me to tell you about the Minish Cap? I can talk about Sea of Stars. Do it. I I don't really have anything to add that I haven't said in the past 2 weeks. I'm enjoying it. Uh in the Discord there's discussion about like, oh, like, you know, somebody was around 15 or so hours and they felt like the story was really getting good. I'm I'm looking like, forward to that. Yes, me too. I'm yeah. like six hours in and I'm maybe a little bit more than that now. But and I'm enjoying it uh quite a bit. The combat I think is really fun. I think that the dungeons are fun that they require again, like it's really like Zelda light, but yeah. it is more puzzle based mm -hmm. than I expect like a JRPG to be. Um and yeah, I'm just I'm I'm having fun with it. I'm just kind of like slowly taking my time to get through it. Yeah, I'm also very much taking my time. Uh, I did play a little bit of it this week. I do find it to be so far, and I know this won't always be the case, uh, but I find it like limitingly linear. Um, in that I'm just kind of like I go this way, and like 
oh, I can see that there's a chest over there, so I'm going to double back, grab the chest, and then like keep going on my way. I don't ever really feel like I'm exploring a space, but solving it, which kind of speaks to your, like, the dungeons are, like, Zelda-like puzzles, um, which uh, is all fine, but, you know, just doesn't totally feel like I've got, um, you know, like, classic JRPG sort of exploration baked, baked into it. Yeah, I feel like the... Uh, almost like the marketing for it led leaned heavily into, hey, this is inspired by like Chrono Trigger and stuff. But like I've said before, yeah, I, I, I don't really see it, and um, I'm enjoying the game for what it is, but I do not think it's that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chrono's not the the most explorey kind of game either. Like it's 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 fairly fairly linear, which I'm fine with. Like yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, but uh, for sure. But the fact that Sea of Stars is so linear. I it does not bother me at all. You will never, at least again, I'm like, you know, uh six, seven hours in. I have never been lost. I always know, yeah. you know, exactly what I'm supposed to do next. And uh that may not be for everybody, but that's exactly what I want out of a game. Can we use that as uh, a pivot point to me talking about uh Minish Cap? Because I have never been lost is not something that I experience with Minish Cap. I frequently find myself lost. Early in the game, um, I am in, I'm further in Minish Cap than I've ever gotten before. I finished the second dungeon, which I realize is not very far. Um, but this is a game that I traditionally give up on uh, within the first like hour or so. Um, and I'm sticking with it, uh, you know, like by revisiting it sort of over time. Um, I am playing it on my uh, on on the Switch. Uh, have not gone back to uh, cleaning the my the copy I have for GBA so I can play it on my analog pocket, which to date I have still played nothing on, <laughs> um, but I will at some point. Um, and uh, started playing it with a Super NES controller, which is also how I'm playing um, F Zero ninety nine. And let me tell you, I could just I could get used to playing everything on a Super NES controller. It just feels right in my hands. Um, Minish Cap. Um, I uh, yeah, I, I frequently am like, wait, what am I supposed to do here? And for whatever reason, like all of the Zelda logic just feels like one step off to me. Um, where I'm like, okay, I think I should be able to bomb this, and I'm like, no, I can't bomb that. And I'm like, okay, well now what? Um, and some of that has to do with like I haven't really wrapped my head around like shrinking and what I can access and cannot access when I'm in Minish form. Um, but also some of it is, you know how in uh like. Ocarina of Time, there are like the Deku scrubs that like will shoot a thing at you and you bounce it back to them and you get like an item or like a tip or whatever. Um, and the item is always like, uh, you know, here are some like a Deku stick or like some uh, some seeds to use for your slingshot. It's all like, you know, re-upping you on stuff you already have. There's one of these guys, a bunch of them actually, that are giving you like new unique items that you need to progress. So like, I had to reorient my, like, priority on seeing these guys from, like, oh, he's just going to give me, like, you know, five bombs to refill my bombs to, like, no, he's going to give me the thing that I need to, like, climb this mountain. Um, so, like, it's all, and I think I'm getting used to it now, but, like, there's a lot of, like, sliding my expectations for what the game is communicating to me into place with Minish Cap itself and not, like, Zelda more generally. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Uh, so I, I, like I said, just finished the, the second temple. It's like a volcano fiery area, um, and had fun doing it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep making my way through it. Uh, do you have any idea how long Minish Cap is? 
no, and I'm not. Um, uh, well, I said that I am getting stuck. Uh, I frequently don't know where to go. I'm not looking anything up. Mm-hmm. So like when I get stopped, I like okay, I'm gonna go back around to like everywhere that I can go, um, and try to use items in you know different configurations until it goes. Uh, so yeah, I really have no concept of how big that game is. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I imagine there are three things, and then I get a sword, and then I get transported to another <laughs> world where there are seven more things. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, September 19th, Mortal Kombat 1 is released on the Switch. Mortal Kombat 1. Mark, have you seen any of the like uh, graphics comparison videos? Yes. This is a funny thing that's happening, right? The that it doesn't look all that great on Switch. It's not just that it doesn't look all that great on Switch. It's that uh, any of the it doesn't look all that great on Switch. But the character like acting and particularly the, the eyes, eyes, the, the eyes. eyes are like a static <laughs> thing that uh, have no acting behind them and just have like a single. There's no like variation to like how the light plays off their eyes. So their light, their eyes are always like wide open and just <laughs> like, like reflective. Go- yeah, yeah. It's like googly eyes or like Pokemon games when <laughs> you know people just stare blankly at you. I would love it if they just put googly eyes on the characters. <laughs> I feel like that would be a fun way to acknowledge. Be like, I don't know, Switch can't do this. They've got googly eyes. Uh, and then on Thursday, September twenty first, there's a game you want to shout out on here, Patrick. Oh, yes. Okay, the name of this game is Mon Yu, colon, defeat monsters and gain strong weapons and armor. You may be defeated, but you won't give up. Become stronger. I believe there will be a day when the heroes defeat the Devil King. Comes out on the 21st. There we go. Uh, it's, just a long, it's just a long title for a game. And then on Friday, September 22nd, Pikmin 1 plus 2 is re- are released physically. I guess is released physically. Is released, because yeah. Because it's a, it's a single package. It's a single package, uh, and it's a single physical package that is fifty bucks, I believe. Um, it, at least that's what the bundle was uh, on uh, on on digital. Uh, we, you know, last week during the direct, we talked a little bit about how it's interesting that Luigi's Mansion uh, Dark Moon changed that they changed the name of that game with the HD remake to just Luigi's Mansion Two. Um, and I don't remember if we mentioned it at the time, but I thought about it later. Um, it's interesting that the name of the original Pikmin game has on Switch been changed to Pikmin 1. Oh, that um, is interesting. So, like, they're just leaning into straight up numbers of things, which is weird. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, that is interesting. Because it doesn't seem like it'd be very confusing to be like Pikmin and Pikmin, Pikmin 2. Pikmin 2, yeah. Um, but I don't know if they're just like if people are colloquially referring to like the latest Pikmin as Pikmin and therefore don't want to confuse things. Mm. Um, but then it's also like advanced wars one plus two reboot camp. So like, Oh yeah. I didn't think about that either. Cause those games aren't, well, I guess the second one is called advanced wars two, but it's just funny to like be putting the number one on games. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm probably going to pick that up. <laughs> so I have them. Uh, so I have the, the Pikmins physically. Did you buy the digital versions or no. were you waiting for the I, w- I was waiting. For, I was waiting for the physical. There's something about um, uh, like with Nintendo putting some of these like GameCube games uh, on the uh, on the platform here, but not as part of like any uh, NSO service where I'm just like, 
I, I, I kind of want to nail this down. The same reason that we both went for the um, physical versions of the Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Yes. Where I'm just like, this way you can't take it away from me. Yeah. And I know yeah. you want to, but I'm not <laughs> going to let you. Yep. No, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. Uh, all right. Um, so those are the new releases. Let's close this out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I'll talk about something not at all Nintendo related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, you've posed a question for us today. That's right. I The question is, if you could switch lives with any fictional character for a day... Who would it be and why? Uh, and just to uh, like lay down the well, what was there a reason? Was there was something that prompted you here? Or no, not really. I was, did you I have was, someone in mind? Or? Well, because I thought of this, yes. that I did have an opportunity to think about who I would pick. So I'm but happy that's to go not first. why you. No, right. no, yeah. Um, well, because like I just before you give your answer, yeah, I'm very interested in your answer. Um, you have to remember that you are switching places with this person for a day, which means they have to live your <laughs> life. For a day. I know. I didn't even... I did not... And you are removing them yeah. from their life. So, like, if you choose <laughs> Batman, like, Joker's going to run amok unless you beat up Joker. Yeah. The, okay? the, the, uh, the power of words. I didn't really yeah. think about yeah. the implications before I wrote this down. <laughs> but I, I can tell you who my answer would be, and I don't think it changes anything. Yeah. I think it would be John Hammond from Jurassic Park. Oh. The movie, because he's a okay. real jerk in the book. Sure. But uh, he's, like, lovable. In the he movie. is, yeah. And I would choose specifically, mm-hmm. um, like the let's say the day before he goes and sees uh, Doctor Grant uh-huh. and Ellie um, at their dig because okay. so that's like when he's uh, with his daughter who's getting a divorce. Is that what he's doing? One of the like, what the movie starts at like four different like cold open scenes, uh-huh. right? But uh, it starts or like it's maybe the second scene where uh, Gennaro, the attorney, is like going to see one of like the diggers, one of the art. Oh, uh, right, 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 and, right. And, and he's like, "Where's Hammond? Uh, he's with he's with his daughter. She's going through a divorce." <laughs> I know. I didn't remember <laughs> that at all. Well, we're gonna pretend that's a different day because because sure, sure. I want uh, specifically like. Jurassic Park uh-huh. is operational. Dinosaurs exist. Right, sure. He's seen dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. He's touched velociraptors. He's right. like president for the birth. birth of every living creature exactly. on this island. Exactly. Yeah. But things haven't gone terribly wrong yet. Right, right, right. Right? Like, you, you can enjoy the park. You can see dinosaurs. Everything seems like it's going to be great. You never had and I want That's be- <laughs> the illusion. And I want to be there for that day. Now, what John Hammond is going to do yeah. at my house with my husband I don't know. Well, I mean, here's here's the only problem I see with this, Mark, is that if to do that, we have to, first of all, accept some element of time travel. Uh, and then, doesn't that mean he'd be switching place with, like, you in oh, 1993? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. So he's going to, like, right. go to school. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'll be, like, a, uh, how, yeah. I'll be, like, nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- and... I, it would, you would have a good day, I think. I would have a great day. Um, uh, and you'd fly around in helicopters, read about dinosaur people. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. Um, 
Okay, I've not given too much thought to this, so uh, you can help walk me through the repercussions. You're watching Only Murders in the Building, right? I am, yeah. Uh, I will switch places with Oliver Putnam, uh, Martin, Martin Short's character, um, because I think he, he lives like a disaster Broadway life. Yeah. Uh, and I think that would be fun to embody for a day. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, charming enough and smart enough that I don't think there's anything in my life he could absolutely ruin uh-huh. in 24 hours. Um, I would probably have some explaining to do. Uh, but, like, I don't know. I think that's kind of it. I'll, uh, I get to hang out with Steve Martin. Well, you get to hang out with um, Steve Martin's character. Yes, that's true. That yes, that 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 is absolutely true. But then I also get to like live in the Arconia for a day. Like that's 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 fun. Yeah, and yeah, interesting. Oliver Putnam. That's interesting. I feel like this is, these are revealing answers, whether we want them to be or not. <laughs> I mean, both of us have selected uh, just like gentlemen of leisure. <laughs> It was, we were under no danger of the, the Batman scenario that, <laughs> no. that I, I posed earlier. No. Um, I, it was, yeah, very low risk. Yes, that either one of us was going to pick someone who would have to inflict violence <laughs> on someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and hmm. I'm just trying to think of what Hammond does in your. I mean, we're, we're, it's not. You're switching places, right? It's not John Hammond in your body. Right. right. And so, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so are the impl- is the implication of this that, like, I, nine-year-old Mark Mitchell, yeah. am showing up at, like, John Hammond's house, and people are like, where's John Hammond? What yeah. are you doing here? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're wearing the white linen suit, of course. <laughs> but. Uh, all right, we were accompanied today. It was actually kind of nice. It felt like the applause was for my joke about the suit. Isn't that nice? That is nice. It's a nice feeling. We were accompanied today by the Randolph College Chamber Orchestra with soloist William Parrish Jr. Mark? Let's get into the news. You know, we were talking about F-099 at the top of the show, but there are new tracks and modes that will be slash could be coming Mm. to F-099 in the future. So first, the will be. On the Japanese Nintendo website, the company has announced that courses from F-Zero's Queen League will be added to the game in the next week followed by the King League tracks in a mid-October update. Okay. So currently in the game mm-hmm. are Night League tracks, uh, plus White Land 1 and Port Town 2 from the Queen and King Leagues, respectively. Okay, so we are already dipping our toes into the other leagues. Um, I always have a tough time with the F-Zero tracks because, like, they only have like a couple different themes, and then they are have like different iterations of that theme. Yeah. Um, so like I never really remember what's what, um, but it'll be cool to see uh, more tracks come to this thing o- over over time. Um, what what do we mean that these tracks could be coming or are coming? What where, where's that information coming from? Okay, so these will be coming for sure because they've been announced. Got it. Now for the could be part, Ooh. and this comes from. Data mining. Great. So, data miner Oatmeal Dome mm-hmm. on X has found two unreleased modes in the code for F099. Modes in the code. Arcade mode and survival mode. Metal Gear. And nothing <laughs> and we don't know anything else. Yeah. We just know that these two modes were in the code. So, does this mean that they are coming in the future? Does this mean that they were like worked on but abandoned? Mm. We don't know. Uh, yeah, and I wonder what, like, the difference for either, because, I mean, honestly, arcade mode and survival mode 
feel like the same thing to me. Like, just if I had to guess at what types of games those are, that feels very much the same, right? That, like, play until you can't go anymore. That's survival and it's uh, arcade. But it's also a little bit just like what the game is already. Um, but maybe with a heavier emphasis on elimination. I don't know. Uh, interesting to think that there's um, not just tracks, but game modes that we don't uh, know about yet. Also interesting that if the schedule that Nintendo published holds, that means that all of the tracks from the original Super Nintendo F-Zero game will be in the game by mid-October. So it makes me wonder if like... It's pretty quick. It's pretty quick. And it makes me wonder if they are going to add all of these tracks, so like the entirety of the Super Nintendo F-Zero game has its tracks there, or are they going to be like rotating tracks? So some tracks will Oh leave, yeah, that's a good point. You know, because otherwise... Splatoon style. Exactly. Because other... Kind of. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like are they going to remove tracks and there will just be feature tracks for a while and that'll constantly be like switching yeah. out? Because otherwise, unless they plan to add tracks from other games um right you run out then they're done quick you're done by mid-october but i mean there are you know there are a fair number of uh f-zero games including a bunch of the like 2d ones right because there are two different game boy advance games um and the second one of those is a big game with a lot of tracks in it so like um but yeah maybe you reach a point of diminishing returns and like what's iconic outside of like big blue and mute city right like with the 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 list of iconic tracks in f-zero gets short especially when you leave the uh the first game um but maybe that doesn't matter maybe like the uh the iconicness of the tracks isn't as important to this i don't know yeah i don't know either F-Zero, it's just been so long since we've had anything F-Zero. This is a great point. That, and I, personally, I don't think that this, like, portends a new F-Zero game or anything like that. This is a new F-Zero game. <laughs> yeah, no, you're this right. Is, I mean, this is something that we didn't really talk about as we were d discussing uh, the, the game itself, but I find that the way you control the car, like, the control on the car is a little different. I think the game is a little bit slower than Super NES F-Zero, and as a result, the carts all feel a little bit heavier and a little bit more controllable. Um, than they did in the original. Um, I don't know if that's uh, your experience of it either. If you've done like a side by side, of yeah, F -Zero I, 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 yeah, it's been long enough that I've really played the Super Nintendo F Zero game that I don't really remember. Yeah, I mean, I think in a lot of ways this plays like what I think F Zero played like. Um, you know that that trick of remakes of like, oh yeah, this you're like, oh yeah, this is how the game looked and played before, and then you go back to the original and you're like, oh no, I was way wrong. Um. So, uh, but regardless, uh, cool to see more stuff coming to this game. I wonder how long they plan on um, supporting this. Yeah, Tetris 99 just seems like here forever. Yeah. But, you know, we had Super Mario Brothers 35, which was limited time. Yep. Pac-Man 99, which uh, turned out to be limited yeah. time. And now we have F-Zero 99. Yeah, it's impossible to know. One thing that I think is interesting is it does make sense if they're following the Tetris 99 pattern that they would introduce new modes in the future. Yeah. Because Tetris 99 had a big update after like a year or so. And then it was they... a paid update too. Was it? For... Yeah. So if you were a, no, if you, here's my memory of yeah, it. Yeah, go. Is that Nintendo Switch Online subscribers like got it. But at the same time, they introduced 
a packaged version yeah, like a retail of version yeah of Tetris 99 that you, you could, could like bring, pay for that you could you bring online without no it, you I think it was just <laughs> I don't think it like, yeah. went online I think it was just like Tetris 99 but I actually it's been so long I don't remember what the packaged version see was. my my memory is that the packaged version came with the DLC Okay. Um, which otherwise you had to pay had, for. Had like an offline mode and stuff, right? Yeah, has has an offline mode. And like there are team modes and other stuff like that um, in uh, Tetris 99 that I never really mess around with. But like, um, like that's all on top of like the Invictus modes, which is like the hard mode that you can only access after you've gotten a Tetris Maximus. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, who, who can remember how the, uh, the, like pay structure of the original Tetris 99. Okay, here we you go. got it. Here we you go. Got here okay, we go. go. All right. So the physical version is that inc- it included the oh yeah, this makes sense. Included the digital game. Is it called like Big Block DLC or something like that? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the physical version included the digital game, mm-hmm. all of its currently released DLC. And a 12-month membership to Nintendo Switch Online. Got it, got it, got it. So, so sort of acknowledging that it still needs um, a, a Nintendo Switch Online in order to play it. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah. Um, so that game always got more support than uh, Mario 35, which they announced as, as, as a, limited, a time. limited time thing. Uh, and then uh, Pac-Man 99, which like, we could always sort of assume was there as part of like a licensing deal that they were licensing Pac-Man, um, uh, so they wouldn't be able to keep that, that it wouldn't forever be in perpetuity. But like, we have no reason to expect that this will go away, right? We don't. You know, one thing that was kind of silly about Pac-Man '99 going away is people paid for DLC to that, right? Like, yeah, no, like skins and stuff. Yeah, and then it's just gone. Can My- you not play like the single uh, player version of it anymore? I I've, I haven't. I tried. think it's gone. Maybe you can. I'm assuming it's like Super Mario 35, where yeah, when you, when you try to launch it on your Switch, it's basically you just get an error message. Yeah. But the point of bringing up the Tetris 99 physical version is that they did it when they had that big DLC. Yeah. And maybe you there's something like that for like F Zero in the future, and that's what some of these modes are. I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, what kind of support this game gets, and I wonder if, like, for these ninety-nine games, if they put them out there and they're like, "All right, now let's uh, we'll check back in on this in a little bit, see if people are still playing, and if they are, and they may want to spend money on it, let's give them a way to do that." Yeah, yeah. We talked last week about how there have been a number of reports of the so-called Switch Two, so-called Switch Two, being shown off behind closed doors at GamesCon. Uh, but as part of the F. TC's trial against Microsoft. There were some new internal Microsoft or internal emails from Activision. Yeah. Uh that seemed to suggest that leadership at Activision were meeting with Nintendo's Shintura Furukawa, the president of Nintendo, regarding what they referred to as the NG switch, presumably next generation switch. Yes. And that they were doing this as early as 2002. The email is heavily redacted, but the presumption from the emails is that the this is what Activision was presuming. Yes. That the new Switch would be close, closer in alignment to Gen 8 platforms in terms of performance and our previous offerings on PS4 slash Xbox One. It is reasonable to assume we could make something compelling for the NG Switch as well. That's uh, Armin Zerza, the CFO of Activision, 
writing that in an email. And that's in an email prior to the meeting with Furukawa. Yeah. So I I've so there's seen... a lot of assumptions happening here. Exactly. The interpretation that I have seen online of all of this is that it's not necessarily like that they did not meet with Furukawa and then out of that meeting be like, oh, it's going to be powerful as the PS4 Xbox right, One. Right. It's this email was before their meeting and they were kind of preparing something to say like, hey, this is meeting with Nintendo. This is what we think the right, next generation right. Switch is going to be like. Is this, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what the intention of uh, having that documentation prepared because in the Microsoft tri- uh, FTC like trial earlier this year, uh, the Bobby Kotick, the mm-hmm. CEO of Activision, was asked if he knew the specs of the next Nintendo hardware, and he right. said no. Right, right, right. Uh, but but he did uh, at a separate point, um, like mentioned that like they sort of missed the boat on uh developing stuff on Switch as it was, and saw that as like a mistake. Um, that like if they had to do again, he would have gotten those specs earlier and then made sure that they were developing stuff for the platform. And that seems like maybe what this kind of meeting with Furukawa was meant to be. So whether or not they actually saw this thing at that time or got more information about it at that time, still sort of nebulous, but like to know that that was their intent and that it was happening at the end of last year. Um, is just, look, we're just adding fuel to the fire of, um, uh, of, of, of new Switch rumors. Yes, absolutely. That's all we're doing here. What do you think? They're going to go with NG Switch? You think that's the uh, final name? That'd be pretty good. Switch NG. Ooh. One update I was hoping to get at last week's Nintendo Direct was the status of the Dragon Quest Three HD 2D remake. It was announced way back in May of 2021 as part of the Dragon Quest anniversary stream, where they also showed off like a small teaser for Dragon Quest Twelve. Yep. But, Which was like looking a little bit more like hardcore and real, a little bit Final Fantasy 16 y. Yeah, my memory is that we didn't get any, like it was all in the tone of the trailer because yes. I don't think we saw any footage or anything. No. It was all just kind of like uh, a little heavier, a little um, right. more intense. Yep. So it will be inter- super interesting to see what Dragon Quest 12 turns out to be. But all I was hoping for was an update on Dragon <laughs> Quest 3 yeah. HD 2D remake and. Yeah, it's just been a long time. The We haven't seen anything from the game since that stream, but the Japanese gaming magazine... Which is nuts, by the way, that like we've actually seen nothing about it since It's then. been over two years. Yeah. Uh, the Japanese gaming magazine Famitsu recently interviewed Dragon Quest creator Yuji Hori, who told them that the game is progressing steadily and that he's providing advice to the team. You know, he actually worked on the right. game, so he's uh, chiming in here and there. But that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Back in December of last year, uh, Yuji Hori mentioned that he hoped that the game would be able to be showed off soon, and we haven't. We just haven't seen anything. And I really, I am excited for this game. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm excited for it too. It does. Uh, it feels like a interesting and a little frustrating that like all these other Dragon Quest get like uh, Dragon Quest Treasures came out er- earlier this year. I think it was at the end of last. Maybe year. Maybe at the last year. Yeah. Um, and like uh, Dragon Quest Monsters three is coming out um and it's all, all this kind of stuff where i'm like no no, no just like <laughs> i just want this remake of three um and i'm also like why aren't there more dragon quest games playable on switch like yeah mainline dragon quest games great question 
they love to remake these games. They did. They did know, love to remake them. And there, but there's a remake of at least some of them on iOS and Android. Yeah, that's true. And I'm not going to play games there. I'm not either. <laughs> but that, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, it it feels like, and hope maybe HD 2D is the key to some of these older games. But I don't know what you do when you get to like the um. Uh, yeah, we need to like six and seven. Well, because yeah. even at the end of the Nintendo 3DS generation, they published Dragon Quest seven and eight, right? Seven and eight, yeah. in North America, like those remakes. And I, so I feel like the DS and 3DS, like that fidelity was where they felt comfortable with these remakes. Sure. And I just sense. wonder yeah. if like the a lot budget, more work. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I so I don't know. That's why like the HD two D remake makes sense to me because they have this engine that will probably like fit it really yeah. well. But what do you do with some of those older games? Because you're right. I think they would sell well on Switch. I mean, certainly much better than they would have sold on 3DS at the time they were putting those out. Because that was like late, uh, either uh, concurrent with the Switch or even or maybe just like a little bit before, like yeah. sort of in in the final days of the 3DS when you know. Uh, it puts them on the same footing as the uh, Mario and Luigi remakes, which sold terribly. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I, I hope they do find a home for um most of the series, because like you you could only play one, two, three, and eleven as Echoes of Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch on the Nintendo Switch. Um, and in so, North America. In North America, yeah. Um, are there others? Just on? ten, right? They there's oh that, yeah, good point. The the 10 offline mode or offline edition or whatever. And did they, did they never, I, I genuinely don't know. Did they release like the MMO on switch in Japan? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Uh, back in July, we were talking about the upcoming release of Jurassic park classic games collection. This is why you were thinking of, uh, John. (laughs) Maybe this is why, maybe this is why in, in July, all we knew is that the game boy NES and super NES games would be included. And Patrick, you were disappointed that they didn't include the Sega Genesis games, but turns out it it will. What is happening here? <laughs> Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park Rampage Edition for the Genesis will be included. There's still no release date, but you can pre-order the physical version from Limited Run Games until October 15th. Um, I'm very confused by this collection because it doesn't. It's not being put together by. It's it's a it's a Limited Run Games release, right? It's not just that they're putting out the physical version. They're like compiling it or something maybe yeah i don't know um because it's, it's not like a you know the sort of gold standard for that kind of stuff now is digital eclipse where they're doing all this um like museum sort of content and like really allowing uh a, a new way to explore like a a full series with um different options and stuff um but this always just looks like it is straight up simply a collection of these games um and there are so many jurassic park games on uh, a bunch of different platforms from the 90s uh and yeah that weird that the first time they came out to be like here are the games that are going to be included the genesis ones weren't like front and center in that i couldn't tell you what the nes <laughs> jurassic park was guarantee it's bad guarantee um, it's real oh, bad. yeah guarantee it's awful um ditto the game boy one the super nes one is also no good but i love it but the Genesis ones had, the, they were like side-scrolling. You played as Grant and could alternate between him and playing as the raptor. Like you could play as the dinosaur, which was like 
the ad campaign. All they needed to do was play as the Raptor. And as a child, you were like, I should have bought a Genesis. <laughs> um, it's just weird that that's not, uh, wasn't how they led with this one. Yeah. Yeah, it, it weird that it took them a couple of months. Uh, maybe yeah. they were just still negotiating the rights or something. Yeah, that's a good point. There are, sorry, I just wanted to uh, say that there's a, a, a bunch of, um, I, I believe there's a 3DO Jurassic Park and there's definitely a Sega CD Jurassic Park that are both more in line with like point and click kind of adventures where like you're on the island and you're like, oh, there's a Triceratops over there and like an overturned Jeep here. And you're like, what do I click on? And like, oh no, I accidentally clicked on the gas can and the uh, Triceratops like runs into the van and <laughs> blows me up. Um, so like there's there's cool weird bizarre uh styles of games uh in the greater jurassic park video game collection uh, and i would love if some of those really really terrible ones made it to this collection well speaking of retro collections a boy in his blob retro collection <laughs> is being released on the eShop october 17th for 9.99 yes uh this collection was originally announced back in june last year it will include both the Japanese and English versions of the NES game called Trouble on Blobolonia, mm -hmm. plus the Game Boy title, The Rescue of Princess Blobette, which I will not um, struggle to stay, say because I owned this game. Right. I uh, played this game, could never figure out this game. I watched a YouTube walkthrough of it like 10 years ago, realized it's like five minutes long if you know what you're doing. Uh, Rescue of Princess Blobette, uh, you can write in with that as one of our hobby horses. That's right. Finally, Jupiter has announced that all of their Nintendo 3DS Picross games, uh, minus the ones with the Nintendo characters, will be coming to the Switch starting in 2024. So back in August, VGC published an interview with Jupiter where they looked back on 30 years of Picross titles. Mm -hmm. And in that interview, VGC asked about the 3DS titles that were kind of like orphaned on the eShop when that closed down. And the Jupiter representative said that they were looking at ways to preserve and utilize those titles in the future. And here we are. So, yeah, okay. So, and, and describe the, uh, the release strategy here, because it's a little strange. Yeah, so Picross S Plus is the name of the new game slash... Platform. platform yeah so it'll launch in 2024 for $4.99 and includes the puzzles from Picross E yes Picross E being the first of nine Picross E games released on the 3DS only eight of which were released outside of uh or yeah outside yeah, of Japan outside of... so that the ninth one uh will be ex uh, is the first time that it'll be coming to Europe and North America right so you will download Picross S plus mm -hmm. you'll have all the puzzles from Picross E and then in the future, each of the remaining eight 3DS Picross games will be added as DLC to the game for that same $4.99 price. Right, right. Uh, Mark mentioned that uh, this, of course, excludes the, um, the 3DS Picrosses that included Nintendo characters. So unfortunately, uh, my Nintendo Picross, colon The Legend of Zelda, colon Twilight Princess, is not included in this bundle. Famously, a game that you could never purchase with real money. You need to use your platinum points to, uh, to buy it. It means that uh, Pokemon Picross is not present here. There were uh, two different club Nintendo Picrosses that were only released in Japan on the th uh, 3DS. They are not included here. There was also a Final Fantasy Picross on uh, 3DS. Again, never re released outside of Japan. And while not Nintendo characters or even really video game characters at all, there was a Sanrio characters uh, Picross. Oh, there we go. So, uh, no, hello, Kitty Cruisers. No, hello, Kitty Cruisers Picross here, Mark. We, we're not going to get those. Also means that this does not include 
the 3D Picross games, which uh, are very 3DS-y, right? Like they, um, they don't require you to be playing in 3D, but it certainly does help you to uh, visualize what's happening as you're like spinning a puzzle around um, and using the same sort of Picross logic to uh, whittle it down until it's like the shape of a duck or whatever. Um, but this is a this is a neat package. It does look how many Picross games are there on Switch already? But can you ever have? And I say this as somebody who has not played a Picross game. Can you ever have too many Picross games? Yeah, you can. I, I mean, I think I think nine of them on 3DS is probably too many. Plus all these other ones. But like, I mean, I I, I see your point. Uh, but like. I buy a Picross game and I play like 90% of it and then the puzzles get really hard. Um, and then I chip away at it for years, uh, eventually finish it. And then I'm like, okay, now I can buy the next one. I think I have three Picross games on Switch and that's not including uh, Murder by Numbers. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot. But this is maybe a price point that you can't beat, right? Yeah. $3.99? $4.99. dollars Okay. <laughs> Uh, Mark, are you um, interested in exploring this collection at all? Uh, no. Yeah, because it doesn't have Twilight Princess, right? <laughs> all right, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, remember, you can uh, join our Discord. All you have to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and we'll send you an invitation. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. <laughs>